Hello, and welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. In today's episode, you'll discover the difference between your flexibility and your mobility, and why that difference can make or break your training success in long-haul gains. Her True Strength Podcast is your faith-based approach to discovering how to build your strongest body yet. You'll learn how to strengthen your mind, body, and spirit all through the lens of the gospel. I'm your host, Laura Lindahl, follower of Jesus, lifter of weights, and adventure enthusiast. And I empower faith-based women to build strong bodies from the inside out so they can confidently impact the world with strength and grace. Welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. Hello, 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 Coach Laura Lindahl here, and today's episode is for the woman who's looking to take the long-haul approach to her training. This is for the one who wants to find balance, who's looking for so much more than just changing the way she looks from her training. Today's podcast is for you if you want to be able to train until you're 99 and feel flipping amazing while you're doing it. Because as you already know, training is just about so much more than doing the sets and reps and being done with it. It's about so much beyond that. It's about personal growth, movement improvement. (laughs) I like that way that sounds. Movement improvement. It's about training your mind as well as training your body and helping you to feel better, not just to look better. And allowing us to train with intentionality to feel better and not just look better is exactly what today's podcast is about. Because if your sole intention with training is to look better, then chances are your flexibility or mobility likely isn't that important to you. So it's very, very important that I set that background, set the stage. Everyone is obviously welcome here, but this podcast will be incredibly effective for you if that is you. If you are truly looking to make training a part of feeling better, then your flexibility and your mobility has to matter. Because here's the reality. You can train three times a week, do your sets and reps, and see some improvements. You can see the changes in your body. And I've seen a lot of women do this. But when women choose to train with intention and approach their training with an understanding of the whole picture of movement, not just the mirror image of improvement, not just the mirror image of our body, but we actually think about how we move. It's like putting gasoline on a fire. Things start to improve so much faster, and the women who choose to do this, their progress is just expedited. And the best part is that they can do it all without pain or feeling limited because of restrictions. I've also seen a lot of women completely ignore their flexibility and mobility. And as a result, each time they ramp up their training and things start to feel good, something tweaks, snaps, and sets them back by a few months, which isn't what anyone wants, right? But this is exactly why your flexibility and mobility both matter and why today's topic is likely for you. So, As you know from the title of this episode, today we're discussing one of the facets of fitness that I believe in American culture, American society, at least it gets completely overlooked. 
in our drive to just check off all the boxes, feel the burn, feel the hype, and do great things, mobility seems to just be one of the lesser things. It just seems to be one of those areas that gets pushed aside and a lot of us just don't do because we don't feel that it's important for us. And a lot of people already find it hard enough to get regular workouts in, let alone spend hours stretching and breathing. And if this is you, I mean, you have every right to feel that way. But as you'll learn today, you don't have to spend a lot of time at all to have better mobility, and you certainly don't have to spend hours stretching. In fact, I hope that you don't by the end of this podcast. Now, before we dive in, I need to set the stage and clear the air on the context of what we're chatting about today. The context that I'm approaching this conversation is with the intent to improve our training efficiency, our training effort, or how hard we work, and our training effectiveness, meaning how well the effort that we put into our workout is actually ending in results, results being progress, getting stronger, moving better, having less pain, all of that would be a way to think of our effectiveness of our workouts rather than just showing up, going through the motions and not really seeing or feeling any difference from our workouts. Those are all three wonderful E words, by the way. I love them. Now, I know I've got some yogis out there who practice flexibility religiously, and that's A-OK. The relaxation, the meditation, and all that jazz is phenomenal in my book. I'm a big fan. I love that form of flexibility for relaxation. But for today's conversation in particular, we are looking at these two terms, flexibility and mobility, in the specific context of improving our training effectiveness, efficiency, and our training effort. So there's the stage. It is set. I hope that makes sense. So when I think back to my high school volleyball days and what our warmups and cooldowns used to look like, I kind of chuckle a little bit because I think that at the time our coach was doing what she thought was best. We thought we were doing what was best. But now that I look at it, it's no wonder why I was never MVP. (laughs) But I also recognized that at the time, that's what our coach thought was best. And the static stretching that we did, the specific type of warmups and things like that, were actually not geared towards improving our power output, which is basically described as our force over time or how quickly and how powerfully you can move. And for volleyball, if you are familiar with it, you know that it's a very high power output sport. You need to move really quickly and you need to be able to move really quickly with a lot of force. Like spiking a volleyball or going for a dig, all of those things require a quick reaction time with a high amount of force or a high amount of effort. And after today's podcast, you will learn as well why that specific type of static stretching that we were doing, where we were just laying over our hamstrings and holding it forever, or maybe bouncing through stretches, wasn't exactly the best approach. And you'll learn what we could have done better. And I specifically remember a time when I was stretching that I was complaining about my hamstrings feeling tight. And someone just told me, well, you should just stretch them more. And if you've been in the fitness realm for some time, the chances are pretty high that you've been told the same. You need to stretch your hip flexors. You need to stretch your calves. You need to stretch your quads. Or maybe you've even said that same thing to yourself. Maybe you've said, I'm bad about stretching. I need to stretch more. I need to stretch my hip flexors. And you go through this repetitive thing all the time, but we never really learn how to stretch better. But what I believe is that stretching everything isn't actually the answer. And when we've been told this time and time again, you just need to stretch, you just need to stretch, it can lead us to believe that the only reason that we're tight 
The only reason that we're slow or not squatting deep enough, feeling shoulder pain in an overhead press, or always feeling our back after deadlifts is that we're just not doing enough stretching. And I'm here to tell you that if you've been told this, it's not true. See, stretching has been a long-standing catch-all to treat any type of limitation, tightness, pain, or soreness. Just stretch it. But here's the problem. Stretching doesn't work by itself because it doesn't solve the root of the issue. The lack of stretching is not what caused your tightness. In fact, stretching without strengthening is like stretching a rubber band and letting it snap back. Sure, you've gained some short-term elasticity, but nothing sticks. And that's because stretching isn't enough on its own. I'd say this is the first mistake that people make about their flexibility or their mobility is to believe that all they need to do is just stretch more, which as you'll find today is not the case. The second mistake that I'd say people make in regards to their flexibility is to believe that this form of flexibility and mobility are exactly the same, which couldn't be further from the truth because these two are actually very different. And believing this lends itself to a lot of problems because flexibility and mobility are actually very, very different. Each has a different purpose and a different type of effectiveness to improve our training. And again, after today's podcast, you will know the difference and how to implement each of them. Now, before we dive into the specifics of flexibility and mobility, I kind of want to break down what most people think of when they think of stretching, because when most people think of stretching, they don't actually understand the difference between flexibility and mobility. But here's some things that might be coming to mind for you. Perhaps when you think of stretching or you think of, in this case, that would be flexibility that you're thinking of, and you may not know it, but when we think about stretching, there's two forms that typically come to mind for people, the most common forms out there. The first one is going to be static stretching. And static stretching is where we're lying down on our back and maybe have a yoga strap or we're just pulling our leg into our chest and trying to get our leg as close to our chest as possible in our hamstring stretch. Or maybe we're stretching out our IT band with a strap, but we're just holding it there for Lord knows when, but that is a static stretch. The second type of stretch is a ballistic stretch. And the ballistic stretch is perhaps what you've seen some people doing before sports or things like that. And it looks really cool. So we practice it, but it's basically bouncing through a range of motion into a stretch. And here's the differences between these. Both of these are forms of flexibility. And as we'll continue to unpack flexibility versus mobility, it's understanding that flexibility in and of itself has different variances, just like mobility in and of itself has different variances. But enough about that for now. I want to go ahead and start to unpack why it's so important that we understand the difference between flexibility and mobility and how that affects our training overall. So previously, I talked about static stretching versus ballistic stretching. And both of these types of stretching, although they feel good at the time, they actually have their own drawbacks. Now, for the athlete looking to get a great workout with a high amount of effort and output, specifically power output, this type of stretching can actually hinder your performance and muscle strength. And here's how. When we hold a stretch specifically longer than 60 seconds to 90 seconds, our nervous system sends a signal to our brain to tell that muscle to relax, to protect itself from being ripped apart like a rubber band that's about to snap 
it reduces the tension. Our body has an incredible Golgi tendon organ system that does this and communicates with our nervous system. And it's incredible. And when that happens, the nervous system flips the switch on that muscle and the power goes out, as it were. Now, for some instances, that's great. And we'll talk about the specific uses for that type of static stretching. But for improving our performance, having a power outage isn't ideal, right? It's like cutting the engine before a race. And this is why it's so important to know the difference between flexibility and mobility because it does affect your training. And learning how to use them appropriately can prevent you from wasting your time and making your workouts not as effective. And for the girl who's thinking that something is better than nothing, just stretch what you can when you can, I get it. You're not trying to be a CrossFit athlete. You're just likely very busy. You're probably juggling a workout and household chores at the same time. Maybe your kids are yelling at you in the other room and you're just trying to get a workout done. And it sounds like you are busy. And if I know anything about busy people, it's that they are always trying to make their time the most efficient as possible, which is exactly why your mobility matters because it is efficient. And we'll talk more about how it is efficient, how it could be saving you time and making your warmups and cooldowns so much more effective and shorter in the long run. So You may be asking yourself, which is better, flexibility and mobility? How do I use them to loosen up my muscles faster to make my workouts more effective? And that is the exact question I'll be covering today. So let's go ahead and dive in. Now, in case you're not familiar with the exact differences between flexibility and mobility, let's go ahead and break each of them down and talk about a few differences between them. Because believing they're the same is like confusing your avocado with your toast. Like they're just two completely different things. And although they fall underneath the realm of our body's stretching or technically recovery together, they're two very different things. Now, when most of us think of flexibility, what comes to mind? You think of using a yoga strap to stretch your hamstrings, maybe a yoga class, maybe you think of standing on a step to stretch your calves, or some type of static movement that we're trying to lengthen our muscles in, some type of static position that we're holding, breathing, and trying to lengthen our muscles. That is the goal. In other words, we're trying to improve the movement at a joint by increasing our range or our available range of motion at that joint. And flexibility just means being able to get into that position passively, passively being the key word there. Because the irony here about flexibility is that there's actually little flexing being done when people are working on their flexibility. It's very passive. And it's this passiveness without exercise supplementation, meaning without strengthening it afterwards, that makes flexibility much less effective at actually creating range of motion in a joint, creating better function, or applying that lengthened muscle to work better in our squats, our lunges, our push-ups. See, flexibility is like putting your muscles in a classroom with headphones on. They're present, but passive. And as a result, when tested, they don't recall any of the information because there was never any learning or any active participation being done. Because flexibility doesn't require that active participation, our muscles aren't firing. And as a result, they don't know how to do the task when called upon in a spot, lunge, push up, or when you sit down to your chair. But 
The benefit is that they are very relaxed, which is a huge benefit of flexibility or static stretching and why I believe it has its own time and place. I'm not an anti-flexibility-ist. <laughs> if you're looking to relax before bed, stop a spasm of a cramping muscle or decrease the muscle tone or muscle tightness of a muscle that's overactive, Flexibility is going to be your go-to, but don't expect the muscles to learn in the process and don't expect that same muscle to be able to do a great amount of work right after the stretching. Now, on the flip side of the coin, we have mobility. Now, mobility is used for the exact same purpose, quote unquote, as flexibility, right? Most people think of mobility as trying to improve their joints function by creating a bigger range or bigger available range of motion. But the key difference between these two terms is that mobility is an active practice. It's sitting in the classroom, taking notes, doing the homework, and getting involved. And it's because of that active involvement, when test time comes, it passes with flying colors. It's been firing in that specific position already. And so when it goes into that position again, particularly under load, it passes with flying colors. Now, where flexibility brings relaxation, I would say mobility brings control. It takes that newfound range of motion and creates stability in it or strength in it by forcing muscles to work in the process. They are active participants. I hope that makes sense. Here's an analogy that I love to borrow from Kelly Starrett's book, The Supple Leopard. Imagine taking an old t-shirt and wringing it into a thin little rope and pulling on it from both ends. Now, what happens after a minute or so of pulling? The t-shirt is stretched, right? This is the same thing that happens to our muscles when we only use flexibility or static stretching. Our tissues become lengthened, but it's extremely temporary. In fact, the longest we found for the effects of static stretching, which mostly are relaxed muscle tone, decreased force production, power output, those are all the results of static stretching, can last only about an hour, which is why you get that immediate sense of ah, like relief after a yoga class where things feel loose. But the next day, after sleeping on it and going back into our habitual movement patterns, things go right back to where they were. Your quads are still tight. They feel tight. Your squats aren't deeper. Your running stride feels tight again. And you're back at square one minus, albeit relaxing, but minus an hour of your time. Now that we have a better understanding of those two We have a better understanding between mobility and flexibility. I like to pull out a few more key differences that will help guide your understanding and give you the answer to the question, which is better? Okay, so numero uno difference between flexibility and mobility is that little spicy word, intentionality. Flexibility and mobility have two very different intentions. So the first one, although both of them are trying to improve our function. Flexibility, you're simply trying to get that muscle to lengthen, relax, and stretch into its end range to get longer, but not necessarily stronger. In other words, we're trying to become like Gumby. That's about it. There's no learning, effort, or application applied. And as a result, the benefits are really short-term. Being able to bend over and touch your toes is great, but if you can't squat to full depth, then what good 
is it? Being the stretchiest person in the room, but not the strongest person in the room, isn't actually that helpful. And in the same way, you also don't want to be the strongest person in the room, but also not be able to touch your toes. There is a delicate balance between the two of these. And on the flip side, mobility is an intentional practice. Effective mobility looks at the entire joint. It asks what muscles need to be stronger, not just longer. It's a multi-joint in its approach as opposed to flexibility, which tends to just be a single joint, single muscle at one time. Now, as I'm saying, neither one of these is good or bad, as you'll find out. They're just different. And let's keep breaking this down. So the intention behind flexibility is simple. Get the muscle to stretch longer, whereas the intention behind mobility is a bit more complex. And it does require a bit of knowledge of anatomy and biomechanics. Because we're asking, why is this muscle tense? Why is it not functioning properly with the surrounding tissues? And is it an issue of positional tightness or weakness? It's the attention to detail that makes mobility so much more personalized and effective. And it also gives us a measurable way to approach improving our function as opposed to just being able to measure how much we can stretch. It shows us that we're gaining better control of our body or more strength in our body. Because in training, we have a rule. Don't guess, assess. If you think that you're getting better at push-ups, but you're not able to actually do more push-ups over time or your function while you're doing exercise is not getting better, then you're guessing that you're getting better, but you don't actually have recordable, repeatable progress to assess. Because guessing wastes our time, right? And as you know, it's a very precious thing. And nothing makes me more frustrated than knowing that my time was being wasted. And I don't want that for you. So you might be thinking, can flexibility be intentional? And I would say, yes, I think that flexibility can be intentional and it can be really effective. And here's how. We have found through recent research that static stretching is actually most effective at that relaxation that we talked about to create length in the muscle when held for longer than 60 seconds. Actually, most are finding that requires almost over three minutes in a static stretch for our muscles to be affected. And at that point, our nervous system is relaxed and you can have the potential to work on strengthening muscles that perhaps had been inhibited or stopped from working by the tension in the stretched muscle. Here's an example of this. If we go about stretching our hip flexors, the muscles in the front of our hip, before doing some glute bridges, what happens is that we allow our hip flexors, which tend to hold our hips in the flex position and put our glutes in the back of our hip on stretch. When we allow those hip flexors to open up and lengthen, it gives our glutes a better opportunity to strengthen and to get stronger by pulling our hip into extension. I hope that makes sense. When we do that, it allows our glutes to wake back up from being suffocated all day if your job or your life demands sitting. I hope that makes sense. So flexibility can be very intentional if done right. So we don't want to just go around inhibiting all of our muscles before a workout, especially if those muscles aren't tight in the first place or they need to be worked 
out during that workout. So I do believe that flexibility can be intentional. I do believe that it can be effective at improving your workouts. It just needs to be done the right way with a good deal of intentionality and assessing before we guess. So let's talk about another way that flexibility is very different from mobility. And that is its power to connect to our day-to-day activities or its application in and out of the gym, its application. For example, if you are someone whose knees dive in every time you squat, maybe your knees are diving in towards your big toes instead of going out wide over our pinky toes like we want in an ideal squat, you're going to likely experience knee pain and will be limited in how your body moves when you go up the stairs or get down from the ground or play with your kids. That knee shows its function while you squat the same way it shows its function while you go up the stairs. And you could spend all day statically stretching the muscles on the inside of your thigh, which we call your adductors, and that will not teach them how to drive out in a squat or how to drive out when we're going up the stairs. It actually doesn't give them any direction on how to function better in the day-to-day activities. Now, Charles Poliquin is one of my favorite authors when it comes to um, well-published exercise science, strength training, books, things like that. He's got a lot of incredible stuff. And he has said many times, and I agree, that we gain strength in the range that it is trained. And the same rule applies to our mobility and flexibility. Mobility is practiced in specific ranges of the body that closely correlate to our movement patterns. So in this example of the squat, if you find a knee diving in where it shouldn't, your mobility routine should include some type of hip mobility in a squat position where your knee is flexed and your hip is flexed, whether that is on the ground with the hips flexed and knees bent or in a Cossack squat. The goal is to teach the body how to function better in the same joint position as it's required to function. So I hope that makes sense. Mobility is movement-based. Flexibility is position-based. And because we live life in movement, right? Not in static positions. And this is yet another reason why I'm a raving fan of mobility work. So, so far we've covered the two differences between flexibility and mobility. And you're likely beginning to see why I believe mobility is more effective at improving our mechanics and ultimately our range of motion. First, that mobility is intentional. We are assessing, we're not guessing. It has a purpose to improve the mechanics at that joint. And secondly, that mobility is applicable. It has a high carryover into the movements that we do on a daily basis, like squats, push, pull, and hinge. Now, the third point is why I believe mobility to truly be superior, and that is that mobility is universal. Everybody needs it, and everybody can do it, regardless of age, equipment availability, training goal, or experience. And this is super important because there are a high percentage of people who are hypermobile, meaning that flexibility is not their problem. It's rather the control of that range that they have been genetically blessed with that they don't have. So mobility is universal. Everybody needs it. Everyone can benefit from it. Heck, my 84-year-old client, Linda, works on her mobility every day so she can get down to the ground and play with her cat. I love it. Here's the reality. No matter how genetically blessed you are in the area of flexibility or how long you've been stretching, 
or even if you have zero joint pain. Everybody needs more joint control, more joint stability, and better function. Now, unless you've got the squat pattern of a three-year-old and the overhead stability to boot, the chances are that life's demands have printed some limitations on your body. Sitting, typing, driving, texting, you name it, all of those tasks we do on a daily basis are actually reps. And whether we realize it or not, we're tightening and lengthening muscles every minute of the day. And just because we don't feel those limitations that they cause, it doesn't mean that they don't exist. Maybe you saw that TikTok and Instagram going on a little bit ago about the squat challenge. And it goes like this. Someone faces a wall with their hands up in the air, touching the wall and tries to squat down as deep as possible. This is what we would call the overhead squat test with the wall in front of you. And even the most fittest athletic people almost fall backwards every single time. And that's okay. We all have limitations and often they don't cause pain, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be working towards them to improve them for better movement in the years to come and to prevent pain in the future. Listen, Linda would tell you she's so grateful that she can get up off the ground without joint pain. And even after countless surgeries, four children, and 84 years of life, in fact, all the time she is raving about she's the only one in her 55 and up community who can get up off the couch without using her arms and squat down like a toddler. It's incredible. And she credits all to her daily mobility routine that we've put together for her and regular strength training. She didn't wait till she had joint pain or couldn't get up off the floor. One day, she just decided that she didn't want to be like all of her friends who struggled to get up off the couch and complained every time they went up the stairs. So she did something about it. We assessed what specific areas that needed to be mobilized. We assessed what specific areas need to be strengthened. And we started working on it each day together. Now, Linda has a mobility routine that she goes through, takes about 10 minutes each day, and she is now living proof that I believe anyone can improve their mobility, no matter how old, how long they've been training, or what equipment they have. And for this reason, I thoroughly agree that mobility is universal. Now, what happens when we begin adding in mobility and flexibility to our workouts? We're doing the mobility exercises, drills, we're going through them, we're doing our stretches for mobility, we're fixing our imbalances. What happens if we do that and we're still feeling stiff? Because that can happen, right? Let's take a quick look at where that stiffness is actually coming from. What's the cause? Because if we didn't talk about the cause and we are continuously reacting, in no way are we being preventative, right? Let's talk about the cause, the causation, and why we feel stiffness. And that, my friend, boils down to a little nugget of your anatomy called the sarcomere. The sarcomere is the basic unit of our muscles. They contract or shorten to flex our muscles, and they play a vital role in the stiffness that you perceive when you're doing any type of flexibility work. It's why we feel stiff. See, spending an hour in the gym is amazing, but it's honestly tough to ask our body to use that hour as a counterbalance to the eight hours of more we sit sitting in a chair all day, right? Because what happens when we're sitting still is that our sarcomeres adapt to what we do the majority of the time. And if you're sitting in a chair with your hips flexed and knees bent, that means that you've got some things to work on. But here's the good news. You've got options. Outside of an overhaul of your flexibility and mobility, which requires a good deal of knowledge, testing, and programming, you can do these few things each day to fight off tension and stiffness. 
Here they are. First, choose movement variety throughout your day. Stand for 30 minutes. Sit on the floor for 30 minutes. Kneel for 30 minutes. Squat for a few minutes each day. Don't just get to the point where you can feel your butt anymore and your eyes are glazed over staring at your computer. Make movement variety a priority for you. Second, avoid the shortcuts. (laughs) Take the stairs. Park further away. Don't sit on the bus stand at the bus. If you have to get up to go pee, don't go to the bathroom right around the corner. Go for a stroll, do some lunges, reach your arms up overhead, get moving because remember that your sarcomeres are constantly adapting. So when you practice movement variety, when you don't take the shortcuts and you go up and move, you get up and move, they are moving with you. They are constantly adapting. See, being stiff doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. If you have a joint limitation, there's nothing wrong with you. It just means that your body is doing what it's been told to do by you. You are still in control. So tell it to do something else. Tell it to not be stiff by giving it movement. And I promise you, you'll feel a lot better if you make this a constant practice throughout your life. So there you have it. Mobility versus flexibility. Which is better, you might ask? Well, I'll leave that up to you to try to find out for yourself. I would encourage you to try them both. Try static stretching. Try ballistic stretching. See what you feel like during your workout after that, as opposed to doing specific mobility drills for your hips, for your knees, for your ankles, for your shoulders. And from my experience, I can tell you, and the experience of my clients, I can tell you that I believe mobility is potentially better if used in the right way, because it is intentional, it is highly applicable, and it is also extremely universal as a key factor in all of my clients' training programs. And it has proven itself to be highly effective at improving our mechanics, whether that is getting up off the toilet, getting deeper in your squats, or working on your overhead press. Mobility is a key to that lock. And if mobility is something that you know is important, but honestly feel so lost on how to go about it or do it right or where to start, stay tuned for my upcoming course, Mobility Master Academy, that will teach you the three-step process that I use for my clients to help them move better and train more effectively, opening in this spring. To get on the wait list, go to my website at truestrengthcollective.com slash waitlist to get the latest updates, promos, deets, all the good stuff. And as always, if you found this podcast to be helpful for you, if you learned something new, please don't keep it to yourself. Drop some stars, share it with a friend. It is, again, the greatest compliment that you can give me. Until next time, friends, stay strong. All the love, Coach Laura.